Welcome to the Queer Arabs podcast. This is Alia. And Ellie. And we are the Queer Arabs. We are here with two amazing guests. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Hi, I am Leil, and I'll yeah. introduce myself after after you go, Kayan. Yeah, sure. So. Um, hi, uh, my name is Kayan. I use she, hers. I'm the co-editor of Zafaran, a queer and trans zine for folks from the Swana region, which is Southwest Asia and North Africa. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, um, I'm Leil. I am uh, the other co-editor on Zafaran, a, a queer and trans um, uh, online zine that is uh, immigrant-centered and uh, multilingual, at this point Arabic and English translated, that features uh, creative work of mm-hmm. trans and queer folks from the Swana region, but also from the U.S. and other other countries. And it started also with Farsi. I don't know, I also can, I can say a little bit about myself. I am uh, originally from Yemen. I immigrated here to the U.S. 10 years ago. I am a queer artist and, and uh, organizer, uh, currently based in San Francisco slash Oakland, California. I spent most of my time in Boston. Um, I guess I can add a little bit. I forgot to mention who I am. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I'm also from Yemen. I moved here a few years ago. I just moved to the D.C. area. How did you get started with the zine? Like, what was the, how did you meet? What what was the thought that got this all started? So the way it started, it started in 2017. Started out with a friend of mine. It was actually um, their idea and they are Iranian. And uh, we both uh, were immigrants here and we were trying to, we were both organizers, uh, independent organizers in the queer and trans uh, circles. So we would... uh, go to you know conferences and organizing events around the country uh, specific for LGBT stuff and we just didn't see so much Swana presence and if there was we didn't see any kind of immigrant centered Swana presence in terms of uh, you know uh, the whole immigration process is pretty taxing and it's pretty exhausting and traumatizing sometimes and that conversation was not really part of any conference or event that uh, was discussing LGBT stuff and also Swano so there was like the, this really specific intersection that yeah. we, we weren't seeing in these spaces that was supposed to be also talking about our experiences so that's when we started uh, Zafaran and it was actually a collective it started out as a collective where we would go and present workshops in different conferences across the country. We're in New York in the Queering Immigration Conference and Creating Change in D.C. Oh, cool. The Trans Health Conference in Philly. So so we did kind of like that rotation. We built the... Um, a network of connections and people who are also Swana immigrants who are queer or trans. Um, and then at some point, like few, if, at the same time, actually, in the summer of 2017, that's when we, the spring, that's when we've released the first call. And then the summer we released uh, the first issue. And at that point, it was Arabic, Farsi and English. And it was featuring poetry and uh, and visual and 2D visual art. Uh, so we didn't have video at that time or music. And yeah, and then you know the project just kept getting be- bigger and then so uh the other co-founder who i will not share their information just for you know privacy reasons was at a capacity so they stepped down for a little bit and uh, then kayan joined and it's been great yeah um, and i can talk a little bit about how i joined the which i think is really interesting i actually yeah. came across the zine online 
and I fell in love with it. I thought it was incredible. It was the first time I ever saw like some queer and trans language in Arabic. And it was quite incredible to me. It really touched me deeply. Soon afterwards, I reached out to Leil and then we developed um, a friendship. And then after that, um, they invited me to become a co-editor um, on Zafaran. And I gladly joined. And ever since, it's been great. It's been growing. The issues, I believe, just become more and more powerful yeah, as they grow older. So, so just Kayan has been adding a lot of flavor into the zine, <laughs> which has been great. Because she is very specific about using Yemeni dialects. And I don't know if you've seen that in the zine. And it's been great. Oh. It's been because... It's been, you know, we don't see really, uh, you know, the Yemeni narrative in... Mm-hmm. We're getting even mm-hmm. more specific in terms of the intersectionality of this work because mm-hmm. so it's, so it started out because we haven't seen the immigrant voices in the LGBT uh, Swana yeah. spaces or we haven't even seen Swana spaces and, 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 you know, and if they were there, they would be American-centered. So when we created the space, still, they, still you know, it would be mostly Le- Levant heavy, you know, or, mm-hmm. or, or Egypt even though oh, you know yeah. even oh, though we're which is which is usually the case in in most spaces whether they're queer or not when it comes to yeah. swana mm-hmm. um yeah. so it's incredible to just see that you know there is a kind of the, the lesser known narratives being presented and taking some space like yemen we're trying to we're really trying to you know to to get some voices from like other other places like sudan like you know and it's oh, not countries. like that yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's not linear in that way that we're trying to just, you know, we have a tally or we have like a quota that we're trying to, to you know, it's not like that. But it's kind of more we're just trying to uplift, make the space mm-hmm. that's not usually made in, and do that kind of reaching out that isn't usually done in the uh, mainstream. Yeah, totally. Including voices that are not often heard from in certain contexts. It doesn't negate the other voices. It just adds mm-hmm. to it. It's, it makes everything more multi-layered and more multi-dimensional. And I think that's so vital. There can't be just like one very specific narrative being shared. Um, and and like you said, language is so powerful. There, yeah, absolutely. It, there's something inherently political about it using words that reach more and more people can you talk about like what inspired the name of the zine and like what it means um yeah i can i can talk about that um yeah it was actually a pretty funny uh coincidence to be honest we were trying <laughs> to find you know like most amazing and you know, most cool names come up we're we're looking for a name for a while and so uh, my iranian friend the the other person who started Zafran is a great cook and they love Zafran and you know the the, the herb or Zafran yeah. and uh, apparently it's such an Iranian thing which I didn't know yeah. and uh, I didn't like Zafran so <laughs> so, oh, so, really? one, so one day they came over to visit me and uh, they made me some uh, Zafran cookies yeah. And, and I was, and then they gave them to me, and I just tried really hard to make myself to like pretend that I like them, but apparently it was too obvious that I didn't. <laughs> and uh, and they were just making fun of me, and that was like right after we were talking about what name are we trying, to, you know, can we find? And then we kind of both were just had like a light bulb moment, and we were like, oh, this is a great name. It sounds great. It has really n- a nice, um, you know, sound to it. It sounds very uh, specific. It sounds like it sounds very kind of like swana but also not it does, too, yeah. not too swana it doesn't have like the ah and the kha and the stuff that you know the, the sounds that people that's scare true people. people can pronounce it yeah <laughs> well i guess it does have ah but um yeah, no, but, but it's like a lighter a one. one yeah so it, 
so that's yeah so we both thought it was actually a great name and um yeah it's beautiful and like now you can say that you like zephyron but it's this, <laughs> I, I this still don't this like it <laughs> no but like this partic- no but this particular type of zephyron, the zine you like exactly. <laughs> i like the zine yeah i don't like that yeah. so much it's growing on me yeah and i should actually mention i kind of just like uh, i went on a tangent with that i back to the name just uh quickly um oh, we yeah. did we did think it was it did sound really good but also uh part of the after that conversation zafran uh, or saffron is a very very expensive herb and it's because the way it's being harvested it's harvested it's like it's harvested one flower at a time so it's a very meticulous process which makes it why which is why which is the reason why it's yeah. so expen- expensive and that kind of was symbolic of finding other queer and trans folks who are immigrant who are swana you know that they're just really really rare to find and it's the, the sometimes just the things we have to go through, you know, the cost of the things we have to go through to find these people is very um, expensive, like, you know, emotionally and uh, yeah. not just talking financially. So so that was the other, the actual deeper reason we chose the name. The care that you're putting into the zine, it's like very one small step at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that made me think of that, too. One thing um, I really like about the zine is how integrated the two languages, well, the three languages are in this case, and, but it still remains super accessible. Unlike, say, a podcast, if we were done in two to three languages, the zine is, remains well integrated with content being showing up side by side and not being disruptive of each other. I really like that. Or, like, mm. super separate, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that too. So, why the zine format in particular? Did you all have like some previous zine experience? Um, I was gonna. I actually, personally, I didn't. Uh, I would say um, the other co-creator did, and we both were really uh, deep in uh, grassroots organizing and you know the DIY culture and zine and zines in general have a history of you know the underground organizing scene. You know uh, the alternative, the narratives that are kind of left behind in terms of across like you know trying to find funding or trying to find support or even saying trying to tell the stories that people want to hear none of this uh, is usually supported and for people who are trying to who end up creating zines so that was kind of part of it is we were trying to the kind of audience we were looking for are people who who, who are not going to be looking on like some journal or like in in university it would be more kind of like a word of mouth that started out as a word of mouth it's pretty much still like that for the most part and it was so it was kind of like we're we're trying to create a community and the and the format of a zine kind of spoke to having that kind of like you know smaller community than just you know having something that's bigger and more uh, institutional. Yeah, actually, this maybe this is a good segue then. Um, okay, so before this recording, Lael and I talked on the phone, um, and there's something that they said that really stuck out to me and like has stuck with me. I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about that. Um, when it comes to, for example, specifically getting funding for something or like just getting general support, a lot of what the traditional model that we think of still has such a power dynamic and is like a hierarchy. We think of it's like some already built in institution that we have to apply to get something from financially or like we have to prove ourselves worthy enough um, to some big institution to be able to make something happen for ourselves. And I guess I don't want to summarize everything you said, Lael, because you said it better than me on our phone call. So do you want to talk about like what your perspective is on that um yeah i i 
think, as far as I remember, I think we were talking about how, you know, these uh, funding resources, they are already exclusive uh, even before the way they're being, uh, the way they are re- uh, searchable, for example, or the yeah. kind of uh, the kind of people they, um, uh, they target in terms of, you know, uh, who they ask, who they let know that there's funding available. So it seems like, you know, there's already you know, those hierarchies created. There's these kind of exclusionary policies that are untold. Um, that happen when people are trying to create projects like this Um, and especially there's a lot of you know things involved that you know that have to do with power dynamics and colonialist politics so mostly like you know institution academic institutions or people who have just more privilege political privilege privilege in terms of race or citizenship status or um, language they could sometimes use use the money or the resources to get you know uh, to gatekeep or to uh, create an image, for example, like a, a university would give funding, but they will require a lot of things. They will have a lot of conditions from the publication or the zine to kind of, you know, assimilate. Or and uh, and in the end, it's really has you end up becoming part of their project and part of their image, and they're using the POC immigrant work to promote themselves as you know the saviors or that they know what they're doing. So yeah, so there was that kind of like grounds that I didn't want to get into but also just you know the whole process of applying the standards of you know getting grants and uh, getting funding it's uh, it really plays out into that kind of capitalist narrative that comes from scarcity that you know we have to to do certain things to check certain boxes to deserve an amount of money to do something that we wanted to do anyway for the community not for ourselves so kind of creating this kind of competitiveness between people community members who are actually working towards the same goal kind of just uh, brings up this this negative sentiments and you know people feeling that there isn't enough and there's enough money you know coming around and um, that they can't do the projects that they want so I so what happened at some point in Zafran we realized there were two things that were happening the whole also the narrative of art not being appreciated in financially is not something that you know the I was standing behind or uh, or the other two people in Zafaran uh, are either you know uh, because most of us we're also create we're also creators and uh, and make art and uh, so kind of you know having unpaid art was already problematic but on top of that also having marginalized folks making art not having their work appreciated in some sort of like monetary value was also very problematic so there was that value. And so the question was, how can we actually make that change? Because most of, most of the things online, most of uh, any anyone who's asking for art online, that's to be published in like a journal or something, they usually don't pay the artists. Uh, and sometimes, and actually, most of the times, these are even like academic institutions who have access to a lot of funding. So anyway, we didn't want to replicate that, uh, and especially because the whole point is to be in the community, is to be a community zine. So what we ended up doing is we got some we just asked we just reached out to a lot of people uh, a lot of like uh, faculty in different universities and we had a letter you know just ask just talking about our purpose and what we're trying to do and uh, so we got some funding that way from donors so it wasn't so we didn't have to go through the whole like funding you know formalities and all of that and but also we 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 had a sponsor as well the Fenway Health Center which is in Boston it's an LGBT um, health center in Boston, and they have been also supporting us with uh, with funds uh, for the last couple of years. 
and that has been also great and they weren't super you know restrictive with the you know what we in terms of what we needed to do in order to like earn that money and in order to show how we yeah. used it that's so refreshing it's like oh we're gonna trust you to to do things the way that you know to do them so one of the problems with getting funding for any sort of small project or nonprofit is Getting grants and applying for institutional money is basically a full-time specialized job in itself. You can literally make a career out of being a grant writer. It's yeah. kind of ridiculous. And it becomes right. a never-ending cycle of writing grant proposals, um, fulfilling the requirements of those grant proposals, tracking those grant proposal requirements and deadlines. And if you are doing the project on top of something else, you're, you basically have two jobs on top of like actually producing the content. You have your day job, you have your grant writing job, and then you've got your content production end of it. And that's yeah. if you're not doing anything else. Sometimes grant writers are also artists and like that takes away from them being able to create art because having to focus on this. Like you said, it is a vicious cycle. Anyway, and it, it yeah. Also that makes, was, and it I... also makes a lot of assumptions about the level of institutional knowledge a person who's applying even has like... Again, do you know about these grants? Have you been told about them? Do you qualify for them? Do you have the organizational structure in place to accept them? Are they nonprofit only? Does that mean you're gonna to have to incorporate as a nonprofit? You, you can see like how it just goes down this ridiculous hole of requirements, reporting and tracking. Whereas if you're just, you know, a small collective or a small group, just trying to output something, the content production itself is pretty intense yeah. yeah yeah definitely and i think you know that we're we're kind of coming into some really root issues here i mean the fact that do we really have to be doing so many jobs at the same time this mm -hmm. a person actually can handle a day job and grant writing and having an art practice mm -hmm. that doesn't sound very realistic to me and uh, you know that takes me back to like do we really have to have day jobs that are 40 hours a week do we really <laughs> have to like you know be grant writing and doing art practice why can't it mm -hmm. you know people who are artists and have an art practice and are and they have been showing up uh into the in the community there needs to be resources for these people you know, they don't need to be applying for these things on their own you know there, mm -hmm. there needs to be more support for the arts more support for people who are showing up in the community in, in in a creative way and all kinds of other ways um and also like you know the whole myth of having a day job you know it's it's true that you know we all need to you know make a living but does it really have to be you know for, for that intensely and that long and you know is it even is it even realistic and you know that's kind of going back to the capitalist standards of living in this country um, and that's kind of the perspective that i bring as an immigrant with me honestly living here really makes you know kind of just like takes every person into their capacity you know pushes everyone into doing mm -hmm. their being like a superhuman which you know honestly not everyone should be a superhuman <laughs> not everyone it's not a it's not a it's not a great thing to be because it's, it's exhausting healthy. one of the worst yeah. examples i saw was this uh community activist she basically was the only person maintaining a transgender center and she not only had to do her she was not only doing her own graduate work she was doing grant writing, she was keeping the center open and manning the front door 24-7, she was oh also, and just stacking it up, and if you're also an immigrant who's in the middle of the application process, which in itself is a full-time job, it's, you know, it can really wreck your life, mm -hmm. and the fact that if you, if you have any health issues or a constant need for insurance, like say if you are 
trans or have any ongoing health issues, that almost excludes you from having any sort of art practice in in the yeah. need of, you know, yeah. having a constant access to health care. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's really sad that you have to maintain some specific amount of hours to be able to qualify for health insurance. A lot of people go into the whole 40 hours a week just to be able to have access to health care, which is really sad. But at the end of the day, this is why what we do is really important. Um, It's really difficult, but it's also about survival and about ensuring that what we were looking for and wasn't there will be there for other people looking for it. It's definitely not easy, but it's, it's really important. And it definitely requires some sort of sacrifice um, on yeah. each person's end. Yeah, I know. Starting something always takes a lot out of yeah. a person, and you just hope you just hope that eventually, like the yeah, some of the like more not bureaucratic, definitely not in this context, but the more like logist like annoying logistical things that will not be a consistent issue with um growth and like more resources and just like more people getting on board with hey this is like a great format for something it's so valid and like we can shift away from this capitalistic uh way of operating in everything we do you know not that we as a tiny ass podcast have any experience (laughs) with that whatsoever (laughs) I know, right? We told, yeah, we are with you. Like, sometimes I just, sometimes I feel like very close to being burnt out. Mm-hmm. And it's all because of like the really annoying parts of running a podcast that's like has nothing to do with talking to people. It's like all the surrounding mm-hmm. stuff that I'm like, mm-hmm. we should be able to get help. But we also, in order to do that, we would have to ask people to work for free. And that's Mm -hmm. not something we're going to do. We're not going to ask for unpaid labor of, like, dealing with certain tech things and, Mm -hmm. like, all these other little things that make it really sometimes frustrating. But it's like... And it's like the core of what we want to do is talk to people. (laughs) Yeah, pay your goddamn artists. And, you know, and I think, I think you know, collectives are really important when it comes to this in terms of creating alternative systems of, yeah. of healthcare, alter, alternative systems of a work environment, alternative systems of, uh, of living, maybe, you know, cooperative living and, you know, kind of these things where we are kind of rethinking what is our financial uh, imagination looking like? What is it? Uh, what is it that we really need and what is it that we really want? Um, but also does exchange always have to involve money you know if there is a project that's you know that is community driven that has a vision that is benefiting the community that's amplifying the voices of the people mm-hmm. um you know maybe asking for you know tech work that without an exchange is not necessarily money maybe it's something else maybe it's a different featuring the person uh, i think i think that mm-hmm. could be an alternative way of uh, of doing this of doing this work because in the end we're not just we're not just some white person in some like university asking some yeah. uh, some POC you know person to like do tech work it's it's kind of, it's more there's more i think there's more nuances around this specific situation there's we're all kind of working towards a specific goal and i think mm-hmm. yeah, a, that's another way to look at it is what is the value of our work and how do we mm-hmm. um, respect and value that work outside of 
the stand the Western standards of money and boundaries. I like that. Yeah, that is a that's a good way of framing it. Yeah, we should think. Yeah, we should try to rethink what it. Yeah, what it means to compensate someone. I guess especially when it's like like you said when it's a collective. Mm-hmm. Um, when you are lacking the money, I guess. There, yeah, you're right. There are like other ways to maybe exchange. Right, and I mean, I'm sure that the two of you are probably doing all of this work unpaid, you know, and uh, there is a reason you're doing it, you know, you have a vision and you are trying to, you know, bring this into the world. And I'm sure there's other people who are also thinking the same way and they would be more than willing to give uh, their some of their labor and put some of their labor into it. A lot of people have been reaching out for to Zafaran, you know, offering their translation services. And it's been really inspiring. And it's, you know, yeah, because it's, if people will show up when they see that there's something that's being done for them. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I will, I will mention like our friend Nadia, she has, she's stepped up a lot and like helped us co-host and now she's doing some, some editing. I want to thank her on, on this. So thank you, Nadia. Thank you, and thank then, you like, Nadia. Thank you, Nadia. <laughs> and, and also our friend, our friend Adam has also like stepped in and, guest co-hosted a few and that's that actually really does help too um mm-hmm. yeah and like getting that involvement and like just like getting other voices besides our own doing the hosting is really cool so anyways tangent uh, but <laughs> so, oh very important do you want to talk about shifting gears do you want to talk about a, a recent development with your zine one, one of you whoever's whoever wants to talk on that um, sure, I can talk about that. So recently, we finally published um, a website for the zine, Yay. which is very, very Woo! exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, and something <laughs> that's been in the works for a while, something we talked about and envisioned a lot. Um, so we, like um, Leil mentioned, a bunch of people would reach out to us and they would find us in the most bizarre, most interesting places. Um, and they would just reach out to us and be like, well, we found you in this like, place and like, you know, I'd love to help, love to translate. And so we wanted a centralized space where people would be able to, A, view all the issues because that wasn't accessible before. And they would also have an easy and accessible way to reach out to us, whether it's through our Facebook, Instagram or email. Um, so that was really important to us. Um, I personally worked on building the website. I have a tech background. Um, so, you know, going back to the idea of like putting labor into the things that matter, um, yeah. that, <laughs> but it, nice. was, it was really worth it. Um, it's, it was really incredible just seeing that come to life. Um, and we're hoping to start publishing our, um, our calls whenever we're ready to um, issue a new a new issue, issue, a new issue. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, it's, it's really great to kind of see all of the issues together. I personally just went on and just went through the issues like from one to four and it helped me kind of see the development, the growth, the different themes that emerge, different like ways of expressions, um, being able to include so many different people. So that was really cool. Um, yeah, and, it's, yeah it's, it's really, really exciting. And um, we'll just keep iterating on that site um we want to have more online presence which is really important because something that we talk about a lot is that we want to reach out more to people um in the swana region a lot of the people that 
um, submit to us. And it's really great. And we love that our people who are usually like from the West, but with like roots from the Swana region. Ah, yeah. We love that a lot. <laughs> That's us, I know. <laughs> but we also, we also want more representation of people who don't have access to any type of resources. Like there are no resources, for example, in Yemen, um, in a lot of different spaces. So we really want to encourage more people to, you know, submit to us, to express in whatever way seems nice. fit to them. But the issue is that these calls are not getting to them. Um, yeah. So we've been trying to figure out what is the best way. A website was kind of a step forward in that direction. We want to be more visible. We want people to be able to find this more easily. Um, we want like a centralized space. So we're hoping that would increase visibility and that we're, we're going to be able to get a bunch of more different types of people um, in the zine, hopefully for the next issue. But yeah, that was the vision behind it. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and with that also um taking it back to language, we do have yeah. uh, as as powerful as it can be to use language in in you know for you know political um change, but also it can be limiting. Um mm-hmm. our call for example is only in English even though we are receiving we you know we we say we are open for receiving um submissions in other Swana languages like Arabic and Farsi and Turkish and uh, and even Amazigh oh, cool. and like the and the other and Kurdish like the lesser known mm-hmm. languages but yeah. but the thing is we actually don't have a call for uh, submissions in these languages mm-hmm. um, and uh, so that's an obstacle that's a challenge for sure you know there's always the reality of things is that we are based in the US um, and we have little mm-hmm. connections into the LGBT community in, in, in that region. And also, like, we're using Arabic for the most part, mm-hmm. which is sort of a colonizer's language, too, for some people in the Swana region. Yeah. Um, and- so, yeah, for, like, for example, for Kurdistan and uh, um, and other parts of Swana. So it's, it, gets, it gets a little bit more um, nuanced mm-hmm. and complicated. And uh, But, you know, in the end, we're all doing our best and hoping that this reaches the people who need it. Um, And I guess to add to that, um, a really interesting conversation that Leila and I are always having is surrounding translation. Um, It's kind of a recurring conversation that we have before every issue. Um, Mm -hmm. So one of the main or the biggest things about that makes Zafaran unique is that it's multilingual and that it's accessible to a, you know, a wide array of people. whether they speak English or Arabic and sometimes Farsi or Turkish or any of the other Swana languages. But at the same time, to translate people's work can be a little bit tricky. And so this is something we always talk about. How do we navigate translating people's work, especially when it's po- like poetic or it's right. literary yeah, and it's like hard. language dependent. So we have this conversation all the time. Um, we started this recent thing where... We reach out. So before we used to translate all of the submissions that we have, like to the best of our abilities. But most recently, we started reaching out to the artists themselves, asking if they'd be comfortable with us translating, if they would prefer providing a translation and kind of approaching it from a space of like making sure that the artist is comfortable with that, discussing that beforehand. Um, Because, yeah, it could get a little bit tricky kind of translating someone's work and, you know, trying your best to do the work justice. But knowing that a lot of times, like, meaning gets lost in translations. But it's it's a really interesting concept um, that we're always navigating um, because it's really important to make that work accessible for people. It's really important for some people to see their work translated. um, But at the same time, 
it's hard to do the work justice when you're just translating because language is powerful like we mentioned and yeah. sometimes you kind of live the meaning through a language rather than just a meaning and then um, for the additional hard mode you've got the fact that uh queer language in the Swano region isn't exactly standardized and in all mm -hmm. cases not always i want to say friendly to the to people like us so yeah where choice comes in so definitely I, definitely i do yeah. not envy any translator trying to do that sort of work it is it is both art and technically impressive. Yeah, I mean, definitely, I think there's a lot of things, uh, most of it, actually, almost all of it is in standard, uh, I mean, I'm going to speak for the Arabic because I only speak Arabic, standardized Arabic. So, whereas actually the queer culture, at least as far as I have known from other people who come from there uh, in the Swana region, it's all in dialects. Arabic standard mm -hmm. is dying language at this point and because of the dialects because every region has its own vibrant and changing mm -hmm. dialect and you know the queer and trans folks are the people who are setting the trends when it comes to language so that happens also in the community it happens in you know there's a different kind of different like different words for different it's similar mm -hmm. to like you know the lingo here the, the queer lingo here there's other you know queer lingo there but it's, yeah. it's in the, we won't see it unless you know we're using dialect which is not usually the mm -hmm. case um for zafran at know. least oh wow that, yeah that adds another layer to it i like it i like ellie that was a good point that the translation itself takes is a form of art too yeah and requires both a, a huge investment of uh, individual skill knowledge of their dialect and region and the artist's intent especially if you want to respect that artist's intent very strongly so yeah. and, That's a lot. <laughs> and the fact yeah. that a lot of people are doing this labor unpaid is both amazing and amazingly unfair to them at times i guess I don't know right. how to say that. I don't know how to say that like respectfully. So that's why that's the best way I can say it. Mm -hmm. That's what makes all of this like any project like mm -hmm. this so tricky. Is just figuring out the right balance for all of these aspects that we're talking about. Right. Yeah. The right balance is really important, especially because the reason why it would be unfair. It's not because of the work itself. It's because I don't mind doing any this work and paid. Mm -hmm. What I mind is not having the time to do it because I have to do someone else's job just so yeah. I can earn healthcare yes, and free education exactly. and pay my rent. So that's the yeah. actual problem. In an ideal world, we will be doing the things we want to do, which is usually contributing to the health of our communities. So uh, that, that kind of leads into another thing I've been sort of wanting to poke at that might be sensitive is that a lot of the community institutions tend to be fairly conservative as we found out. Conservative, you said? Like in the fact that they don't want to fairly conservative in that they don't want to upset either their the nonprofit sponsors mm -hmm. who may be fairly conservative themselves or from a, or who don't want to draw too much undue attention to themselves be, mm -hmm. by sponsoring a fringe an admittedly small and fringe out group like say a swana queer person doing work that might uh. be critical of the existing power structure oh no <laughs> the scary queer swana people. <laughs> yeah. But have you run yeah. into that? Sorry. Have you all run into that? Mm -hmm. Dealing with institutions, you mean? Or... Yeah, wanting to adhere to a fairly safe, inoffensive message. Can do you have anything to? Um, I don't think that happened in the time that I've joined the zine. Um, and I think that might be to the fact that the people who have 
reach the zine are the people who are supposed to reach the zine. Um, I'm wondering if now that we have more online presence, I don't know if that if we would encounter that, but I don't think that at least in the times that I've been in the zine, we've encountered that. I don't know if you have another experience, Slade. Ali, are you talking about uh, you mean the per- like the people working on the zine or the actual or the contributors, um, the artists? I was, I was actually talking about like a, when a, even thinking about applying for money, but I'm also. But yeah, sometimes oh. you do have the oh. artists and contributors who might might have their own political agendas. Oh, I see what you mean. I mean, honestly, the thing is, so there is, I think there is usually, so like I said, the funding was not really um, a goal or was not uh, a restriction for Zafaran because it started off as a non-funded project and still is. Our funding is always contingent to whoever is willing to give money. Yeah. Um, so it's not really that, that you know, official or anything and it's because we ha- we have a really strong set of values that really comes before everything else uh, yeah. that you know uh, but also I would say on my in my uh, for my personal uh, opinion is it depends on where different people have different experiences with what is offensive and how how far are they willing to be talking about the offensive depending on how how re- their relationship with Swana for so for example, like people who have come here as immigrants in their adult life and they kind of escaped uh, persecution there or like, you know, just had really bad experiences and they happened to be here and they stayed here. They, I, my, in my experience, I found that they are much, they're more vocal in terms of criticizing Swana yeah. and it, even the tradition and even criticizing, you know, um, you know religion and all these things um, and finding it triggering and traumatizing for good reasons. And... Um, yeah. Um, and so I think uh, I wouldn't say that I fall personally in that category. I see where it comes from, and I think we need criticism. We do need to criticize in order for things to change. And I think that ties it back to the sustainability of a project if it's going to be straightforward and honest um, in terms of like funding. And that's you know it's kind of like this loop of you know if we're gonna get if we're gonna say bad shit, then we're not gonna get funding. Then we can't say more bad shit. Then we're not changing things. Um, yeah, that cycle. Right, but I think that's uh, so. We're not, I think the funding, our funding is not. We're not super tied to our funding, which is that's in our benefit. We're fortunate to have that at least for now, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and hopefully, like if we ever, you know, make a, have an actual like donor space or something like that in the future, um, it would be people who are willing to stand behind what we have to say. It's a kind of instead of holding the mic, pass it on to the person who has a story, who's talking about their own story. Right. Uh, and believing in that instead of just kind of like putting conditionals and uh, um, in terms of what work they do just for because you're funding them. Speaking of that, how can people like people listening to this if they want to contribute financially? Like how could how can they do that? We do have a PayPal account, <laughs> oh, and it is called uh, it's Zachme, so it's Z A three C M E at Gmail dot com. Um, if anyone feels inclined to do that, we all, that would be amazing um, because mm-hmm. hopefully we're going to be talking about uh, our next issue pretty soon and mm-hmm. we'll start fundraising for it. Um, but also um, any, any, you know, reaching out, just saying uh, some kind words, um, offering yeah. any kind of labor if possible. Both of us are going through some major transitions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's uh, so it's been you know rough, but I think any kind of kind gesture, honestly, doesn't necessarily have to be money. Well, and then what's your? Can you tell everyone your website? And we'll also put this on our website. 
Sure. So our website is um, zafaran.org, which is Z-A-F-A-R-A-A-N.org. Yeah, all the issues can be found. I'm really glad. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it's gorgeous. (laughs) Like the design is so beautiful. Everyone needs to look at it. Also, I want to let you both know that one of our previous guests mentioned that their work was in Zafaran, and we actually talked about it on an episode briefly. So this is really cool. Yeah, it was a long... It was a long, yeah, it was a long time ago. Yeah, Anand. Yeah, Anand. Anand is one of Zafran artists. So it's cool to, like, come back to this. Yeah. They are very cool. It's three. Oh, that's so exciting. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to poach more of your artists for interviews. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) They're amazing. (laughs) We put put the information of our artists in our issues, whatever they're comfortable sharing, so that... People oh, cool. would be able to reach out to them um, and would be able to promote their work. So that would be yeah, awesome. No, that would be cool. Yes. <laughs> and, and then uh, on the other hand, sorry, if anyone listening wants to like contribute to art to Zafran, you can check them out. Yeah. And please also, if you have a, um, any kind of piece uh, written or, um, or 2, 2D art or even a uh, video, Mm-hmm. Um, or music, you can send it still right now, even though we don't we haven't circulated the call for submission uh, to uh, to the email, which is the same. So it's z a three c m e at gmail dot com. Mm-hmm. We also got featured at the journal for Middle Eastern oh, yeah. Women's Studies just Whoop. two weeks, three oh, weeks ago. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Uh, with one of our Zafaran artists, she's uh, from Jordan, a trans woman, and uh, so her piece uh, she has written an essay for Zafaran. Uh, and uh, the essay got featured in, in the JMUs, the Journal for uh, Middle Eastern Women's Studies, uh, just a few weeks ago with also a piece about Zafaran. Unfortunately, it's not accessible for public. Okay. But, yeah, yeah no. we're trying to figure out a way. Yeah, again, institutional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dang yeah. it, we're circling back to that. This it is, is an example, uh, everyone. Definitely, yeah, and it's frustrating really to work with, um, but yeah. I mean, at least we're you know, we're, we're trying to get mm-hmm. at least the, you know these things out there. Maybe the right person will pick it up and we'll try to change things. But that's that's really cool, though. That's awesome. Any um, other social media or artists you want to plug, real quick? Um, we um, do have uh, an Instagram phone, Instagram page. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, we're working on making it a little bit more active. The idea is we're trying to feature a different Zafran artists uh, artist every uh, month. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. with I the like work that. from Zafaran and what they have been up to so we're trying hopefully to create a, collect- a community or collective <laughs> that's actually speaking to each other um, because currently we're not there yet we are trying to have Zafaran artists talk to each other, you know, have a network um, you know, be able to uh, support each other in the Amazing. future and if people want to reach both of you is that the best way to reach you like through that Instagram account or do you want to give your individual contact? Or the email account. Yeah, the yeah. email account. The Zafaran email account for me would be great. Yeah, cool. so that which is the same as the PayPal, which is the same yeah. as the it, submissions email, which is again z a three c m e at gmail dot com, mm-hmm. which stands for Zafaran, za, like z a three, which yeah. is which is an in Arabic Middle East Collective at gmail dot com, or the, or the Instagram page. Okay. And we also have a Facebook page and so everything. It's like Oh yeah, yeah. you do. I've seen that. And you can find <laughs> yeah. links to all of these um, social medias on our website. Cool. 
All right. Well, awesome. thank you for appearing okay. on our thank podcast. Thank you both. Thank yeah, you for thank having us. Thank you so much. And Kayan, we need to hang out. I'm in DC I would too. Love to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'd be <laughs> awesome. I would definitely love to. I will reach out to you separately since Amazing. I have your number. Okay. Perfect. Amazing. Talk to you later. Talk bye. to you later. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Yeah, bye. Thank you all very much for listening. To reach us, you can email thequeerarabs at gmail.com and find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Queer Arabs. And our website is thequeerarabs.com. Also, we have a Ko-fi page if you would like to donate a few dollars to our podcast to help keep it going. Speaking of crowdfunding, uh, yeah, this is a very just, good way to do it. Yeah, we're in so. the process of upgrading our server and we're going to need a little more promotion. So you can... Just click that Kofi page, which just contributes right to our PayPal account. If you can contribute to Zafran in any way, any way at all, please reach out to them. Mm-hmm.